Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. This week, I'm sitting down with one of the UK's leading fitness influencers, the totally gorgeous Alice Living. Alice began her career as Clean Eating Alice, but has since gone on to become a best-selling author and cover star of Women's Health magazine on more than one occasion. I am so looking forward to hearing her three defining moments that got her to where she is today. Hi, Alice. Hello. That was such a nice intro. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much. And you know what? I have to thank you because when I was pregnant and having lots of really dark times with body image, um, I went on your Instagram and you wrote these sort of amazing posts about... Um, well, around body image and your journey with it, and you really helped me more than you know. So, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you before we start. Well, that's so nice to hear. I mean, it's so funny with social media because it can be really unfulfilling sometimes when you when you think you're sort of just speaking to you know whoever, but you don't really get people put, like message you and say, "Oh, that really changed," you know, how I felt about myself. So it's sometimes nice to really hear that from from someone who's read one of my posts. But yeah, I mean, I treat it as a as a diary. It's just my my ramblings and my thoughts that I generally just write out. But um, but it's nice that it can help some people. I love that. And you've been on a real, in fact, you know what, I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to let you, you let you start where you want to start because I was going to go on your journey for you there. Um, tell me your first defining moment. So I think, I mean, I've spoken about this a lot publicly, um, but I do have to say it was the moment for me that really uh, was the catalyst in terms of me deciding that I really wanted to take control of my of my uh, kind of life. Um, so when I was 16, I was in um, a physically abusive, a physically and emotionally abusive relationship. Um, and it was a time when I really lacked confidence. And actually, when I look back now at the kind of um, the process that I fell into that uh, relation, relationship, it was really that I lacked confidence. Um, I needed to get out of the home and um like for me I was just having a difficult time at home so I wanted to be out of the house as much as possible and this guy offered me like this kind of life that I had never experienced before which was he was a bit older than me he had a car you know suddenly it was quite cool to you know go out and whatever and so um I kind of took that opportunity but yeah very quickly things turned pretty bad um I ended up staying in the relationship for um a year and then um it just got to the point where 
like I was in like seriously bad way. Uh, and, you know, I had to go to court and it was very traumatic. Um, so I think for me, that was a defining moment in the sense that, you know, I had lived a very privileged upbringing up until that point. I'd never really experienced anything that was kind of out of the ordinary, I, you know, have a very normal school life, home life, whatever. Um, and for me, it was a real kind of moment where I was like, oh God, like I can't, I can't quite believe this has happened to me. You know, on paper, I wasn't someone that you would think would experience domestic abuse. And yet I did. And I think coming out the back of that relationship, it took me a long, long time to rebuild myself. But in doing so, and actually in taking the time to do that, you know, I'd say it took me a good few years, if not longer, to really get back to a point where I felt confident in myself and um, also just confident in, in, in little things like going out. You know, I was terrified to leave my house for a long time. Um, so I think, you know, in doing in, in that rebuilding process, I really decided that it was something that you know, I never wanted to let myself get back into that place. And I never wanted to let someone control me in the way that he had. And so that kind of spurred me, I guess, to take control of my own life, to really rebuild myself in a positive way, to look at all of the things that I was doing in my life and see what I could do better. Um, and I think, you know, that was a, a real moment for me where I was like, okay, life can be better. And, and this is how I'm going to achieve that. Wow. I'm I had no idea about this. And you know what's really funny is when I was I was Googling you just before and I didn't realise you were so young. If, and if you don't want me saying because you have achieved so much, I always kind of, I don't know, I assumed you must, you know, you just assume people must be slightly older when they've achieved so yeah. much. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. But actually now that you say that that happened to you at 16 it totally makes sense because you were forced to go into such huge growth very very early on yeah can I ask you so when this happened when you got into this relationship mm -hmm. were there any signs in the beginning what because just in terms of anybody listening because like you said you weren't the kind of person that you would think mm. would typically end up in a domestic uh, abusive relationship um mm. so really there's nobody that is necessarily safe from it so to speak right no. so what were the kind of signs or how did it begin well, I think just as you've highlighted there, you know, in, in the work that I've done since leaving that relationship, I'm now an ambassador for Women's Aid, which is a charity that support, supports women who are in abusive relationships or exiting abusive relationships. Um, the thing that you've said there is that there is no type of person that would experience an abusive relationship. You know, it can affect anyone. Um, and I would say for me, definitely looking back, there were warning signs early on that I was oblivious to. And part of the work that I've done with, with Women's Aid since um, that, that experience is to really kind of use my platform to educate young women particularly on what constitutes a healthy relationship. So when we look at the um, kind of areas of control as such, which is what abuse boils down to, it's about control and manipulation, um, there are definitely warning signs that I wasn't aware of. So, you know, there are there were things like checking my phone all the time, wanting to know where I am all the time, um, being very suspicious of anything that I did and anyone that I spoke to and anywhere that I went uh, and kind of accusing me of lying. And these are behaviors that we now know to be called things like coercive control and gaslighting. Um, and within those 
it, now I can look back and say, God, I can't believe I was so blind to it. But actually, when you're in that moment, a lot of it can be kind of chalked up to, oh, they must really care about me. They must love me so much to think, you know, where is she all the time? And you have to remember that was my first experience of a proper relationship too. So I had no other kind of guidance as to whether that was normal or not. So for me, that felt like, oh God, this boy must really like me. He must really care about me. And I just was so unaware. Um, so I think those would definitely be the first warning signs. Are they Are they really... Um, exerting control in a way that doesn't feel comfortable to you um especially now we, that we have you know that was a time when social media didn't really exist as much but now with, with the, you know all of the technology that we have available to us control can manifest in so many different ways so i think it's really about understanding what that looks like and um knowing that that is a warning sign or, or a predicator of um you know potential abuse and interestingly you said you were you suffered abuse physically and emotionally and I think that's actually really important because we do often think that abusive relationships are always physical but mm. emotional abuse I mean you, you say you were warned you were you were completely ruined really your confidence was ruined you um were at rock bottom after the relationship and that's not mm. just a result of the physical abuse that's a result of the emotional right. abuse as well so it really is just as damaging isn't it yeah absolutely and i would say if not more so because with physical abuse you can um how do I put this? You can rationalize it in your head in the sense that you know it's wrong, but it sort of happens and it's done. Um, I would say with the emotional abuse, what was so difficult about that, it's, it's much more insidious. So mm, it kind exactly of- Exactly the word I was thinking, yeah. More, you know, it creeps into every area of your relationship and you start to question everything about yourself. You know, I, I, was, I, I lived in complete fear for a year. You know, I was so terrified of- um, upsetting him making him angry I felt like I was treading on eggshells the whole time but then at the same time you know I didn't want anyone else to know because I was so paranoid about the situation it was just it was so horrible and I'd say yeah definitely emotional abuse and I think there's been a lot more on that now like you know even little things like I remember in Love Island gaslighting was mentioned and that became a big thing and they did a bit of big awareness campaign on that because that was something that didn't even exist or the word didn't even exist um, when I was, you know, my situation, uh, also coercive control, things like financial abuse. Um, these are things that we're now starting to talk about. And it is so important that women are empowered with the knowledge that these things happen. This is what it might look like. And this is where you can get help. Absolutely. God, I'm so happy that we've had this conversation and that we're bringing awareness to this because it's really something that I haven't actually touched been able to touch on um mm. so thank you for being so honest with with your story and I know you're helping so many with that um so after this relationship what were you like because I presume when you went into it 16 year old girl young confident happy you know yeah. excited for life what happened um to you and who did you become well I think, as I said earlier, it took me a long, long time to really refine myself um, because I had been so manipulated by someone. Uh, it was really about like, well, I don't really know who I am now. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure many, many people have had to build themselves up from the ground again. Um, and I really felt that I had to do that. 
And I was very resistant to external help for a long time. Uh, the only person who I would sort, sort help from was my mom, who was amazing. But, you know, I, I really needed to kind of speak to someone professional. Um, but I sort of, I was very resistant to that early on. Uh, and actually that's something that I've revisited. You know, I've, I've had therapy recently and this is like almost 10 years later where actually I've dealt with a lot of that stuff way better because I've just had the space and the capacity to be able to then talk about it. Um, so yeah, I would say the person that I was after it, definitely at the start, a shell of the person that I am now. Um, but it offered me an opportunity to really dig deep and rebuild myself. And coming out the back of that relationship, I made decisions that I probably wouldn't have done if I hadn't have experienced that. So I went away and studied musical theatre, which is something that I probably would have never have done. And that was my dream. Um, and, you know, I've gone on to do all the things that I've done now, which, you know, who knows if I'd have had the confidence to do that. So I just think there are times in our life that where you do go through particular trauma or stress or whatever. Um, but it's always through the darkness that you are able to come out and seek the light. And I think as much as that sounds so incredibly cheesy, <laughs> I really do believe that like um, negative experiences can be springboards to success. So I don't say, uh, you know, I don't wish that I'd experienced that, um, that time of my life, but I do think it's helped me to get to where I am now. Oh, I love that. And that is exactly the reason I created this podcast was for that reason to show people that through these dark times, through these rock bottoms, that's when actually we discover who we are. And there is just there is immense growth through pain and a great, great meaning to be found in challenge. Um, so I'm so happy that you've shared that. So let's go to your second defining moment. So my second defining moment was, um, so I, as I mentioned, I went away to study um, musical theatre and um, I uh, went to a place called Bird College, which is a very renowned, uh, like it had mainly focuses on dance, but it's basically a musical theatre college uh, to do a three-year degree. And my dream was to be in the West End, basically. Um, and I kind of went with not, I didn't have a great idea of what I was letting myself in for. To me, it just seemed easy to do three years of training. And then it was like, right, you'll step onto a Western stage. I didn't really understand how difficult that would be. Um, so I got there in my first year. And was, I remember all of us going in and sitting down and suddenly just being like, oh my God, I've gone from being a big fish in a small pond, you know, at my local dance school and whatever, to suddenly being like, I'm a tiny fish in a big pond of amazing people who are all so talented. And um, even though I thought I was a relatively confident person, I spent that entire first year really struggling through. Um, I just found it such a hard adjustment to be spending every single day in a dance studio in a leotard looking in the mirror all these other girls and thinking I'm not them and I don't quite know how I'm going to get as good as them because I feel like I'm 10 10 times worse than them <laughs> so it was a really hard year and I remember bringing my mum so many times just being like I want to come home this oh. is <laughs> Um, there would like we had a ballet teacher who I'm I, I'm sure he won't mind me name checking him, but he was called Mr. Wilson, and he was terrifying. And I remember <laughs> my first year, I had a ballet class with him, and he made me sob 
like with tears like I was beside myself he was so awful uh, and it's all it's all kind of like a psychological game I mean I'm sure many many other people who listen to this who have gone through musical theater or dance college or whatever they know that teachers play a real kind of game with you to break you down to then build you back up and it's all kind of a formula but you know to me who was a first year like oh my god this is yeah. so awful. Um, <laughs> anyway my my defining moment was and I think this is a like a, a wider message that I think is so important for everyone to remember is when someone shows you a little bit of confidence in you you know they show you that you are you're doing okay and I remember in my second year so things were starting to get a bit better you know, I really excelled at the singing and the acting side of things, which was my favorite stuff. Um, and I was cast in my second year musical as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde. And, you know, that moment for me was a teacher suddenly being like, you're actually doing all right, Alice. You're pretty good. You're doing okay. You just need to have some confidence in yourself. And we're going to prove that to you by giving you this main part. And it oh. sounds so small time. Like it sounds so silly. Not at all. It's such a big moment for me. And I think just generally in life as well, when someone just shows you or, or trusts that, like in you that you're doing okay, just gives you that little nudge to say, you know what, you're doing good. Like, don't worry. Um, I think that so important and for me that was a really really pivotal moment in my training because from then on I suddenly was like you know what I can do this and I'm gonna instead of spending all of my classes at the back worrying about what I look like worrying how I look to everyone else that was the moment when I was like do you know what I can do this and that went into the clean eating Alice stuff as well that was kind of the moment when I started to do all of that kind of thing and things really just took off for me and it was just such a small thing someone being believing in me and knowing that I could do it, and that just was the the kind of um, the little push that I needed to be like, oh my god, I can! And you know, I went on to I was the first person in my year to get a job. I graduated early. I went off into a musical and like lived my dream basically. And I don't know if that would have happened if that moment hadn't occurred. Oh god, that is so beautiful. I'm literally <laughs> like. I'm like, oh my God, that is the sweetest moment I've ever had on the show. Like, it's so lovely. And you know what? You're absolutely right. I think sometimes we, I always kind of say to people and clients, like, you just can't trust your own thoughts. Like, you're not you're not the one who can state how good you are because often we've got these little monsters in our brain just telling us that we're not good enough and it does take trusting someone else someone that you um you know who could be an authoritative figure in your life or a mentor to just go like you say you're doing great you are good enough and then going oh maybe I should trust them rather than you know these negative thoughts in my mind so I absolutely love that and hopefully it will encourage you know people hearing this will all be encouraged to give each other that real boost that we all need Mm. i think often don't we forget as well don't we We forget to just reach out to someone just be like you're doing really good like you're amazing at what you do well done because we think we assume that people know about themselves don't we but actually hardly anyone does and and I think as well, I was speaking to one of my friends as a, a new mom 
And she, she said to me, she was like, it's an amazing job. She was like, but it's the most unrewarding job. You know, no one tells you you're doing great. And so I just sent her this message afterwards. I was like, if no one's told you this, you're doing amazing and you're a great mom. And she was like, oh, you don't know how much I appreciate that. But it's true. Like sometimes it, it's nice to go out of your way and just tell someone when they're doing a great job. And you never know how much that can boost that person's confidence and kind of how they feel. So for me, like, you know, I, it was just a massive kind of um, pat on the back to say, I believe in you from that teacher. And from then on, it was like, I just knew that I could do it. And I didn't doubt myself in the way that I did before. And I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. If we can all do that to each other every now and then, I think the world will be a better place. <laughs> well, maybe everybody listening to this podcast can just take two minutes to send someone a message now just to say, well done. Um, so how did that so how did you said that took you sort of because how did you go from musical theatre to clean eating Alice tell me oh, about that wow so um it was actually while I was at college I started the clean eating Alice page um and it was, was it on during, Instagram yeah yeah so it was on Instagram it's, Instagram is fairly new and um I basically it was part of that kind of I need to get myself in gear um and part of that new belief in myself um that made me um kind of start it so basically I think I my up to that point I'd lived the very um typical uni lifestyle I going out a lot drinking a lot eating rubbish not cooking very much um and I just didn't feel at my best and you know during the week I would live off stupid things like diet coke and sweets and just wonder why I was struggling in some of my in some of my like um dance classes and so um that was a kind of moment where I was like I need to take control of not only my career but also tied up in that is my health my body my looks you know appearance is huge in the musical theater industry so um it was really about all of those things and you know now I look back and say and think okay I might not have done it the same way if I did it now but at the time it was like for me okay I want to feel good I want to eat well and I want to have some motivation to do that and so I started this Instagram page where I was basically like I mean it's a private page I didn't even have it as like an open no thing. way <laughs> yeah, I just it like, and it was just a food diary. It was more, I made pictures of, I, I, sorry, I made meals and I just took pictures of them and it was kind of my way of tracking what I was eating. Um, but slowly I wanted to, you know, connect with other people and I couldn't do that as a private account. So I made it public. Uh, and from there, it just, I, I mean, I can't tell you how it did, but it just took off. And yeah, fast forward a few years, you know, I had a couple of hundred thousand people following my journey. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, I wish I could say, why me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know the reason why, but for whatever reason, people were interested in what I was doing. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, and yeah, I've been on this whirlwind journey ever since. Um, that's really focused around, I guess, um, it, 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 like, um, back then it was food and then it's very much kind of shifted to being about fitness now I'm a qualified PT and I, I tend to post mostly about that but um yeah that's kind of where it started I mean you were kind of one of the original food influencers weren't you you could say so yeah you could it's actually kind of I'm I'm because I am fascinated by incredible Instagram careers and I think I had we had Tanya Burr on actually she was the first episode and also she started very very early on obviously she was vlogging and stuff but 
it is there was a kind of because it was so new then and everything was different and she said the same thing she's like I don't know how I did it but it just sort of it just happened but also clean eating then was not a big that was not a big thing like now everybody's clean eating and everybody's into wellness and there's a massive focus but back then you were doing something very different weren't you it, it's an, it was an interesting time. Like the whole wellness industry didn't exist. So I was basically jumping on the back end of sort of diet culture, but trying to do it in a different way. Um, and um, it, like I said, I definitely made mistakes along the way. There were things I did then that I would absolutely not do now. But at the time, it was kind of the done thing. You know, we all spiralized courgette and we all ate protein bars and did silly, crazy things. Um but, you know, thankfully, I think things have moved on really um, well and people are much more aware of, you know, a much more holistic approach to health now than they were then. You know, to me then, health was very much, I need to be thin. And now I understand it to be completely different to that. So I think, yeah, I'm sort of, I'm, I'd am i say I was, yes, maybe one of the first, um, but I think I'm much more relatable now than I was then. And I think just generally when you start an Instagram career that early on and you become that successful, it's difficult. And it's, it's a hard journey to navigate because um, you have to make mistakes. Naturally you will, we're all fallible. So, you know, I, I definitely made mine. And I think one of my biggest learning curves has been, okay, how do I navigate my mistakes and own them to be able to keep doing what I'm doing? Um, And I think that's been a really important lesson for me along the way. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, it's Ben Bidwell here, otherwise known as The Naked Professor. I'm popping up to say the brand new series of The Naked Professor's podcast is now live. We're all about having deep and vulnerable discussions about what's really going on and how people are really feeling and dealing with the challenges in their lives. Each episode features a roundtable of incredible guests. You can expect to hear things like this. You know, the father I was a year ago is different to the father I am now. Past months have been more up and down than I've ever experienced. My stress levels have been elevated since the show came out. I've been working really hard to try and hold the good and the bad in my life at the moment. These conversations are more important now than ever before. So if you want to tune in, and subscribe to the Naked Professors podcast wherever you found this one. Let's go on to your third defining moment. <laughs> I mean, this one's really cheesing me out, so just bear with no, me. No, we love cheese. We love it's it. So but I do have to say, with meeting my partner, my boyfriend, um, purely for, I know, and I, I, I hate myself for saying that because... <laughs> No, I love it. We love love. (laughs) But our relationship is very private, so I barely talk about it. So for for a few moments, I'm going to give him some airtime. But um, (laughs) I have to say that, um, uh, you know, given the first... Uh, the first experience I had of a relationship, uh, it couldn't be more different from that. Uh, And I think it's so empowering when you meet someone who is as on a level with you as as you would like them to be and that there's no power dynamics or a feeling of insecurity or anything like that, that you just meet someone who you're just kind of, it just gels. Um, And I think we had that from very, very early on. And, you know, we've been together for four years now and he's supported me through a hell of a lot of stuff. Um, And I just think that sometimes, you know, people see maybe me and other successful women and place them on a pedestal of being like, oh, wow, you know, amazing women. They don't need any anyone else behind them. And I think, yeah, you know, I could probably do this on my own. But I also think that I have been able to withstand this industry and this profession and all of the kind of the stuff that comes along with it for having, um, by ha- sorry, by having him to support me, if that makes sense. Um and yeah, I, I mean, incredibly cheesy. No, it's but, really not. It's um, so beautiful. And and I'm totally with you. I, I just think we, we sometimes want to own our success 100%. And I'm like, yeah. no, you know what? There are loads of people behind my success and there are mm-hmm. loads of people who have supported me. And I wouldn't be where I am without them. So yeah, they definitely deserve a little nod. But he's he's definitely um, the moment that, that, that catapulted me, I guess, into this period of my life where I'm the happiest I've ever been and you know I feel so settled and um just in a in a different different era I guess to to the person that I was 10 years ago and how interesting that your first moment is this you know abusive relationship at 16 and now actually is having someone who is so supportive and being in such a healthy relationship Mm, and I think as much as I, I would never wish to go through that again, it has really taught me what what is a good relationship. Mm. You know, I think I really had to learn about boundaries, respect. And I think it really did teach me to not settle for anything other than someone who is great. Mm. And so, you know, I remember 
when I was single and I just, there was just no one that I was like really, you know, lighting my candle or whatever. What's this phrase? Not lighting my candle. <laughs> What's the phrase? Like no one that was yeah, like really I doing I know what you mean. Like floating no, your I mean, boat. <laughs> yes, exactly that. There was no one that was floating my boat until I met him. I just think you're like, um, I really didn't want to fall down the trap of falling, of going, getting into a relationship for the sake of it. Yeah. I was in a relationship because I met someone who is my equal and my partner. And, and I think he, he really um, is that. So yeah, enough talking about him because he'll get. <laughs> he'll I get love that. Out. Well, but, you know, thank you, you for sharing that. No, of course, <laughs> and I'm so glad because I think it is true, and I and I love what you say about um not needing to own your success 100 percent and actually to acknowledge how many people are behind anything. And I really um I really champion that and supporting all the people around you because we're all mm. we're all helping each other in the world. You know, no, mm-hmm. none of us are getting anywhere on our own. It's all a community, and I think um you know we forget. Yeah, that, that sense of community is often lost nowadays, but actually it's it's what keeps us all going, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about body image. I feel like I mm-hmm. can't nod because <laughs> you've been at the forefront of this industry. So you've seen, like uh-huh. you said at the beginning, there was this real diet culture. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of mad when you think actually how much it has changed. Like, I am so happy when I think about the fact that now we do have so much, so many more positive role models. Um, there's so much more body diversity that we see um, on social media and in, in, you know, magazines and whatever else. Mm. Um, mm. But not to say it's perfect, but it's definitely changed. Um, so how mm. have you, how has your personal journey been with body image and what kind of uh made you decide to change from clean eating Alice to Alice living who is more fitness focused well I think naturally I think a lot of people who've been on a weight loss journey um recognize that especially if you've gone to the more extreme end of that journey it's an incredibly uh, unsustainable place to be uh and for a long time I sort of desperately tried to hold on to you know those things but you very quickly realize that it's it's not a sustainable way of living you know I would not eat out and I would not drink alcohol and I would just do things that don't in my head now constitute a happy life um and I think I just got to a point where I was like this is this is not right and I just I think the the thing for me that really changed was, well, what does health mean to me? What does healthy mean to me? Because if health is just being a slim size eight, then, you know, it's a bit of a futile goal and it also doesn't really mean very much. Whereas I started to learn how nuanced and complicated health was. You know, health isn't just about the way we look. It's how we feel. It's the energy that we have, how we sleep, how we interact with others, our socialization, like, it's so many different things and I was pigeonholing it or into a very binary kind of um, dis- like uh, definition and actually you know coming out the back of that um, I just had to really be like what does what do I want from my life you know do I want to spend my life on a diet 
and wishing that I was thinner? Or do I want to have a fun life where I'm able to go out with my friends and I'm able to do all the things that I want to do without, you know, worrying about, oh God, am I going to, you know, have to gain weight or do I need to go to the gym and burn this off? You know, all these kind of things that I think many, many people go through, you know, that thought process. Uh, And I think that for me was a real turning point in the sense that I was like, well, I've gone on this journey and I've managed to come out the other side and recognize my flaws and my mistakes and the things that I could have done better. And it would be crazy for me to now not, you know, to not use my platform to talk about those things, to talk about, you know, gaining weight or your body looking different to, you know, when you might have been in the peak of your you know, physical fitness. I think, you know, now I'm in the best place I've ever been. And um, I think it's important to, to talk about the fact that you can reach this level of, you know, happiness and, and comfortability with your, with your body and, and with everything else. Um, and it takes work, but it is achievable. Yeah. Oh my God. I honestly feel really emotional hearing you talk about it because I, I mean, it definitely feels very close to home in terms of, you know, I, that whole life of just adjusting your behavior so much to align with being thin. And, you know, when you Mm -hmm. talk about that, not going out and not drinking. And I think, and I definitely on my post baby, um, I hate that my you know I'm losing my baby weight you know I gained six stones it was a lot and I did want to get back in shape but what I masked as healthy eating was you know I was absolutely it's a eating disorder to be that obsessive Mm -hmm. and so I totally feel that and you're so right that it's it's just not a life like Mm -hmm. and being happy and being able to enjoy um the world really and everything that it's got to offer is so much more important and so it really is I think so incredible to hear it from you and from people who you know I think have reached this place that other people think is the ideal um you know and gone well they've got to this imaginary place of being in the right shape and going yeah yeah I was there not fucking worth it (laughs) You know, and I think that's quite good to hear. Yeah, exactly that. And I do think that's the message. It's like, you know, I I sort of just, I I mean, I I remember someone, I can't remember who it was, but they said it to me that like, you know, when you are old and gray, do you really want to look back and think, oh my God, I've wasted my entire life trying to be thin and missing out on so many opportunities as a result. No, I don't. Totally. <laughs> I don't know anyone else does, you know? Like I wanna I want to have a full, happy life. And I just yeah, I just think that we as women need to step off that um that kind of mindset of of constantly trying to better our bodies to to fit the patriarchal, you know, ideal (laughs) absolutely so if anybody's listening who is feeling um still struggling with body image um what would your kind of advice to be for the first first steps to really trying to have more self-love well i think there's um there's a couple of really good books there's a woman called evelyn triple who has written a book called um intuitive eating uh and Mm. there's another do you know it no do you know what i just did a post yesterday about the fact that I, since I've mastered intuitive eating, my whole life has changed, and a lot of people have been asking me what that is, and I did not know there was a book on it. Yeah, she's she she founded the term essentially intuitive eating, 
And she created this kind of um, step-by-step process. Uh, and she is incredible. And she has a, she, um, she's got like a podcast and she's, she's amazing. Uh, but there's another girl um, called Laura Thomas, who has also written a book called Just Eat It. And I think those two have been really crucial in my own learning. Um, but I also think it's about just stepping away from diet culture behaviors really slowly. So for you to wake up one day and be like, right, I'm never going to weigh myself again. I'm never going to wear my fitness watch. I'm never going to do all of these things that kind of fit into that, that diet culture behavior. That's really tough. But if you can say to yourself, okay, so for one day a week, I'm now not going to track my exercise and I'm not going to track my food and I'm just going to try and be very intuitive about my movement and my eating for one day. Um, I think that's a great place. And that's really where I started just weaning yourself off these external um, tools and validation that we use to kind of um, uh, gauge our success, I guess, and just really trying to tune back into, well, what is it that I want to eat? And what is it that I want to do movement wise, rather than relying on other things telling us what we should do? Um, And I think, yeah, just starting small. Um, I would also say, you know, with little things like diet culture creeps into every area of our lives. So just being really mindful about the content that you consume. Who are you looking at on social media? Do you have a diverse range of people that you're following? Are you uh, looking at different types of media where, you know, are you following uh, body positive um, people? Are you following people who uh, talk about body image in a very different way to the kind of mainstream um, narrative? Um, so I'd say all of, all of those kind of things are important. And just remembering that it's not an easy process. You're not going to wake up one day and suddenly be like, oh my God, I love myself. You know, I still have days where I'm like, I feel really uncomfortable in my body. And this is something that I need to work through today. And yes, okay, it's great that I recognize that. But I think just on the whole, don't see it as like a light flicking on and suddenly being, you know, everything's rosy and you're like, oh God, I, and I'll never think about that again. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lifelong journey. And, you know, um, I just think take it step by step. I love that. That was honestly such great words of wisdom and I think so insightful and I'm so glad you said the weighing scales thing. Best thing I ever did was get rid of my weighing scales. Oh my God. You don't realise how much it controls you. It's torture for some women it, and men. I think it's really um, it's really sad when you see people who are so um, wedded to the scales. Mm. Um, and yeah, it take your whole mood and your behaviours and stuff. So yeah, stepping away from those, even if it's just for one day a week or, or a couple of days a week, that is a really positive step. Yeah, and the the um just looking at who you follow and the co- content you consume i'm so with you on that i think because mm. especially when you're mindlessly scrolling i you know when you get off and you're like off instagram and you're just like oh, i feel a bit worse than i did five minutes ago and i don't even know why and it's because you're just taking in this yeah. information without even realizing you're doing it so subconsciously mm. which is even more damaging when it's going mm. into your subconscious and you're not actively looking yeah completely um, so before I leave you and let you go, I have 10 quick fire questions for you. Ah, okay. <laughs> so the first one is your most memorable book. Uh, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Your favorite quote. Never a failure, always a lesson. There we go. <laughs> Love. Um, most influential mentor. Uh, my godmother, 
Carolyn McCall. She's um, the CEO of ITV. Um, oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah, she's incredible. I'm so lucky to know her. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, your go-to feel-good film. Pretty Woman. A moment where you felt most proud. Oh, um, I would have to say probably um, like my women's health covers have been a proud moment, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I'd yeah. say that's a moment to be pretty proud. I'm with you on that. <laughs> but you know, they have been pretty great. <laughs> um, a song that cheers you up? Um, Conga by Gloria Estefan. You are, by the way, you are quick and I'm really fucking impressed oh, because really? usually our quick fire round are not quick at all and you are quick. <laughs> I am, I am impressed. Um, <laughs> top tip for dealing with stress. Uh, speak to someone, share a problem. Problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, ain't that right? Um, first three things you do when you wake up. Um, coffee, watch the news, like wash my face, shower. Mm. Mm. Yep. <laughs> really generic Your, things. <laughs> no, I love it. Your guilty pleasure. Ice cream. Actually, no, that's not my guilty pleasure. Hold on. What is my guilty pleasure? Well, I, I keep know. saying I should really stop saying guilty pleasure because no pleasure should be guilty. So you could have ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? Yeah, it's not guilty, but it would be ice cream. I eat it so often. It's sickening. I absolutely love it. Um, my favorite your favorite go-to? is um, Salted Caramel by haagen <gasps> mm. oh, I'm going to give you my whole array because I, I chop and change it. Just oh, my God, please. Pralines and Cream, also great by haagen yeah. Um, there is um, one by um, Yo Valley, which is like a salted caramel frozen yogurt thing, which is also great. I mean, there's so many. I, mm. I'm obsessed with. I'm sensing salted caramel is your vibe. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. Although, yeah, I would say so. Although, I love a lemon sorbet if I'm in like a nice restaurant. <laughs> oh, we're really. Oh yeah, don't they do? Don't they do lemon sorbets with vodka shots? No, I'll tell you the best lemon sorbet. So this is, okay, you can cut this if you want, but I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. So when I was no a go. Kid, we would go on holiday to the south of France. And what they used to do was they used to hollow out massive lemons and then they would put lemon sorbet inside the lemon um, rind and then they would freeze it. So you'd buy like a frozen lemon, like they were massive lemons as well. And you would just scoop the uh, lemon sorbet out of the lemon. Best thing ever. <laughs> Oh, dream. So good. Remember holidays? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, One thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? Uh, I'm bringing out a really exciting product. I can't say too much about it right now, but I know that that's my biggest goal right now. So stay tuned, but I can't say too much about it now. Oh, yay. <laughs> I love that. Um, first person you call to share good news? Uh, my best friend, Lewis. We've been best friends since we went to college together and he is my best, best friend. Oh, I love that. Hi, Lewis. <laughs> Alice, you have been such a wonderful guest. I feel so uplifted after Aww. talking to you. I really do. Aww. I have loved your moments. I've loved your honesty. I actually just can't not smile when i see your page you are just you are just to have the best smile in the world like Aww. you must be t- get told that all the time it's just infectious well that's very kind thank you so much and i've loved chatting to you
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.